0: Om Shri Ram. Prasanthi Sandesh, question and answer session. Thank you very much for your time. We'll discuss some of the questions received today. We find some of the devotees talking to Swami, either in interview room or outside. Catching hold of his hand, with the tears in their eyes, pleading with him, Swami, please don't drop me. Hold my hand, Swami. Don't leave me. These are the repeated requests and prayers that we often hear. Well, what does Swami say on this aspect? Will He drop us or will He not hold our hand and take us to the destination? Will He disown us? Naturally, this is a very uh, natural question. Yes, let me try to say what Baba has to say on the matter. We travel by train from Prashanthalayam to Bangalore. As Bangalore is approaching, when the train is close to the station, we say, Bangalore is coming, Bangalore is coming, Bangalore has come. Then, while leaving that Bangalore back to Prashanthalayam, what do we say? Bangalore left. Bangalore left. This is the example given by Swami. Bangalore has not left. Bangalore is there as it has been. Bangalore has not come. It is there already. So when I say Bangalore has come, it means I have come closer to Bangalore. When I say Bangalore left, means I left Bangalore. Bangalore is there where it has been all the time. So, it is you that come and go. Bangalore doesn't go anywhere, doesn't come, doesn't leave you. It is there. Like that, I am here. You come and go, that's all. I don't drop you. It is up to you. Why do you consider like that? So, I will never drop you. This exam is you that come and go. I am here as is always. What a wonderful example it is. I will not rob you. The assurance is given. Further, Bhagavan said at another time, I will not leave you until I accomplish all that I want to through you. Until I accomplish all that I want to through you I will not leave you. That's what Bhagavan said. And further at another time he said, there may be some who left me or who left ashram, but you will see them coming back someday. Something like kites that fly high will come back. The kites fly high and the whole Thread that you are holding may be cut off, but still it will return back to the ground. In a similar way, they will all return that what you will notice in the coming days. That's what Baba said. I will not drop you one powerful statement. And second statement is, I would not let you drop I would not let you drop. It is not in your hands. Because you have come here because I wanted you, because of my grace. Now, it is not in your hands to leave me. Those that have left, I am 100% sure, more than 100%, they think of Swami every day. Perhaps They think of Swami more concentratedly than when they were here. Absence lends enchantment. Distance lends enchantment. In a similar way, they may appear to have left, but still, they think of Swami. They can never forget Swami. You can take it from me. I can give you thousands of examples in this regard. But still, but still, how do we find some people leaving? Why? Bhagawan said, I don't interfere with anybody's freedom. I want to keep the door open. If you want to go, well, I don't want to close the door. It is up to you. That's what Bhagawan said. Therefore, in reply to the question, I again emphatically repeat, that Swami won't drop you and He won't allow you to drop Him either. Because the one who is outside may pick you up and may may drop you. But the one who is inside, Antaryami, the indweller, he cannot drop you, nor can you drop him. That is the answer. Then, the next question is this actually speaking life is enjoyed when we are when we notice simple things simple gifts of life but we have forgotten them we want complex complicated things some of them cannot be acquired Some positions cannot be attained and we think of being happy if we get them. It's all wrong. It's all false. You can be very happy out of very, very simple things in life. You don't need big positions. You don't need big bank balance. Simple things can give you a lot of joy. I have seen Swami distributing ice cream to students and how he laughs, how happy he is as children start eating the ice creams, very simple thing. And I also know how happy he is as he releases balloons at the time of the sports meet. Holding all the balloons, he will let, he will let loose the strings so that they will fly, they will go up to the sky. He is very happy. He laughs and jumps like a child when he releases balloons. I also know Swami playing, you know, some small envelopes, something like, they may carry some food stuff or something like that. When you empty that envelope, Blow air into it <laughs> like that, close the mouth and just, just thump it on the ground. It will, it will burst top, it will take top, the burst making sound. So, collect the end, empty envelope, blow it air into it, hold it tight on the top and then thump it on the ground. It gets sound. This often children do. Can you imagine that Swami also does such things? And as happy, even more happy than school children. Simplicity, humility, yes, they make life very happy and enjoyable. But this is possible when we are meditative in our approach. When once we are meditative, any simple thing will be the source of enjoyment. And naturally speaking, when we watch flowers, lakes, running brooks, the mountains, jungles, well, you are very, very happy. Why? By looking at the Ordinary things, you get extraordinary happiness. Ordinary things are enough to make you extraordinarily happy. That is to be noted. Yes? Everything lies in being ordinary. And then, a thing of beauty is a joy forever. And when we believe in this, we'll get all that we want. They all start happening on their own accord. This is very important. And then, when we don't expect any awards and any rewards, we'll be very happy. This expectational mind is responsible for robbing our Enjoyment of life. Therefore, don't have any expectations like awards and rewards. In fact, every action that you do concentratedly with all your skills and talent is the reward unto itself. Every action itself becomes the reward. The reward The deep sense of satisfaction you derive when you complete a task or a project gives you a lot of happiness. Yes, just all of you must be experiencing in your lives. But whereas reward comes once in a blue moon out of the totality of action, when whole action is completed, spread over a long period of time, you may get a reward. That is the case. Let us not go for rewards at all. The totality of action is bigger than God. When you complete your action successfully, the satisfaction you derive is more than God. There is no doubt about it. The only thing is, you have to do your best in life, what you are supposed to. And this work will be transformed into worship, and that is your religion. But unfortunately, what happens is, we will feel happy by accumulating knowledge, information, yet we are bound to be unhappy. Why? Because the more knowledgeable you are, the more you are away from your reality. You are away from your reality. Knowledge can never guarantee the experience of the reality. Therefore, don't get lost in knowledge or accumulation of information. So finally, I would rather say, Let us be simple, humble and very, very ordinary without expectation of any awards or rewards. Let us also get joy out of simple things, simple gifts of life. That makes our life worth living, enjoyable, even a paradise. Then I would pass on to the next question. People speak of obedience everywhere. <clears throat> people expect you to be obedient. In schools, in colleges, even our prof- professions, people expect obedience from all of us. A teacher expects the student to be obedient. Professor expects the student to be obedient. The master or the boss of uh, of our office expects you to be totally obedient. And further they would rather say obedience is an expression of discipline. The discipline is expressed this way by making you obedient. So what is the place of obedience? What is obedience actually speaking? I would rather say, if obedience is out of commitment, out of surrender, that obedience will be of tremendous beauty. Because it has come out of commitment and it is not out of any command, definitely not because of order from somebody. Nobody orders, nobody enforces. You have got that commitment that makes you obedient. There lies the tremendous beauty. And the spirit of obedience or discipline should come out of our heart. I know in some of the colleges, the central schools, are some of the colleges where discipline is observed hundred percent. It's my it's to my experience when such students come out of that institutions where they observe discipline hundred percent. When once they come out, they are totally indisciplined. Students from other institutions are far better than these students out of the institutions where there is rigid, tough discipline. Because the discipline is forced upon them. But, but when it comes from our heart, obedience is a byproduct. It's quite natural. And then such an obedience coming out of our heart, is religious and spiritual. Then what happens? We begin to love and respect everybody. This is possible when ones were dedicated to a divine master. When we love him so deeply, we love everybody and respect everybody. And I can also tell you, when once this obedience out of commitment, total loyalty to the Divine Master, our heart always says yes and yes. It will never say no any It is always affirmative. It is never negative. In fact, the word no is forgotten when once you are totally dedicated to the Divine Master, And begin to uh, be very highly obedient to him. That's marvelous. After all, when we just observe in a broader sense, some people say when you obey, disobey your master, it is a sin. If you are indisciplined in a temple, it is a sin. No, sir. What is the biggest sin? that most of us commit is to forget our own reality our own self to forget yourself is the biggest of, biggest of the sins that we have to remember and we constantly remember ourselves that in reality that we are the self nothing other than that it is the greatest virtue Greatest virtue in constant remembrance of the Self. And actually speaking, if discipline becomes mechanical, enforced, and obedience also an artificial show, but if it is natural outflow of our heart, Out of the opening of our heart, we'll have the capacity to learn. We'll be more sensitive. We'll be more aware. We'll be more sincere. We'll be more creative and authentic. Why I said these things? Because most of the obedience seems to be artificial. Artificial. Discipline seems to be imposed, forced upon. But what I want to impress upon you is that it should be natural. It should be spontaneous. It should come out of our heart so as to learn, so as to be sensitive, so as to be aware, sincere and creative. Therefore, let us learn that kind of, that kind of Obedience, that sort of discipline that it becomes a way of our life. Then life is a beautiful journey because you go on learning, you go on exploring things that have not been known till now. You feel excitement every moment because you are opening a new door and you are coming in contact with the unknown or mystery therefore so many things are available to us to make our life a beautiful journey that is the answer i can provide you to this question to this question finally i would say let us not be artificially obedient. They does not follow the discipline that has been imposed upon, forced upon, no. Let they be, let them be our natural qualities, the natural traits, the part of our personality. Thank you.